hello, hello, 6am run family, 6am run community, everyone in the 6am run space, all those that continue to support and even the guests you're about to meet one even today. I got to start thanking all the guests that have come on. You're listening to this 6am run podcast. I am Hami Mahani. Welcome to the show. Obviously, as you guys know, these podcasts are brought to you. We don't mention much of the company, but definitely as we just kind of mentioned real quick, these podcasts are brought to you by 6amrun.com. Definitely, if you have a second, go check that out. With me, I don't want to waste this gentleman's been so patient with me and in a couple of crazy ideas we've had, but um, let's get right to Dr. Don Pelto. We're going to talk about feet, about podiatry, right? You know, something that I'll start, I want you to introduce yourself, Dr. Pelto, but you know, if you're in the running community, if you're in the running Instagram world, as I'll call it, broken nails, calluses, um, we see some ugly feet on Instagram and stuff like that. But let me let you introduce yourself. You, I'm sure, can uh, introduce yourself better than I can. Welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Ami. Yeah, we see, so I'm in a practice. My partner is an ultra marathoner. Wow. And uh, triathlete, my other uh, new partner that's starting out is doing his first triathlon. I do boot camps. That's what I like to do mm-hmm. just because I have young kids. And, and it's really a 15 hour uh, week job to train for one of these other longer yeah. type of things. So I'm, I'm more of the biohacking, what's the most efficient type of thing. But we see tons of runners. And that's really our main focus is runners, athletes, triathletes for a couple of reasons. But usually they're very motivated to get back better. And that's what you like. Whenever you can work with someone that is motivated to get better, that makes it fun. So we have people coming from other states, uh, other places to come and treat, basically because we have some of the high-tech type of treatments, such as shockwave, amniotic stem cell injections, things like that. But not everyone needs to start there. We can start with the real simple things, such as broken nails, blisters, rubbing feet, things like that. Whatever you want to talk about, I'll tell you everything I know, and, and I can show you where to get more information if you want. So I'll start off just one thing I do a lot of times, I'm like, I ask my questions and it's funny, I've noticed, and, and, and I don't, we don't talk again a lot about 6amrun.com per se, but even in my journey of starting 6amrun and why I needed nutrition for runners, I noticed a lot of people were on my trajectory. And, and let me, Dr. Pelto, explain my trajectory to you. I was a soccer and basketball player growing up. Those were my two sports when my body, I'm 42 now, when my body hit that age where I could no longer, and by the way, I was no pro by any means, but even just adult leagues, right? And pick up games at the gym when I could no longer play just competitively, I just started running at about 35 and I I just fell in love with running and it was me versus myself. So I wasn't going up against a 20 year old kid, half my age who could just dominate me anymore on the basketball court. So it was much better of me now trying to improve every day versus myself. And I say that to you because why I say that to you is coming into running, I always already felt I had jacked up feet from basketball and soccer. So Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I'm sure adults come to you probably later stages in their life and are like, look, my feet are jacked up and you know, soccer cleats need to be, we in soccer, we used to buy cleats literally two sizes smaller because we didn't want to tow the ball. So like, you know, we really, really don't take good care of our feet already. And basketball players, the cutting, the stopping, all the stuff that your feet, the ankle rolling. I mean, Mm -hmm. I probably was in, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I probably, I selfishly am claiming, I, I think I was in the two sports that also are brutal on your feet. I know now running is, is probably up there too, 
but that's where I kind of came from. So already I had, and I know this is long-winded, but what I'm saying is already I had, um, as a just, and again, not even a, on a professional level, I had jacked up feet. Now you get into running, you're adding these distances and you're going for longer distances. You're adding blisters and the right cushioning, the right running shoe. Sometimes I feel like shoes are too, let's get really all into it. Where do people come to you? What's the most common thing runners complain about? What's the right? And I don't want to get into shoes or things. Maybe that's not your area, but let's talk about why people come to you and the pains that they're complaining about. Yeah. So, so Hami, we see everything. So we see the people that are starting to run because they want to lose weight. We see people that run because they like to run. We see people that get injured. We are actually hosting next month a chi walking and chi running course in our office. Oh, wow. Uh, so we're using our parking lot and we have two certified instructors and it always sells out because everyone wants to learn how to right. run and walk without getting injured. And what I find that I talk about two things all day long and it might sound simple, but it's the simple things. I talk about deep tissue massage, foam okay. rolling, trigger myofascial release. And I talk about shoe gear. Those are the two things I talk to my runners. So I'll start with the shoes because, you know, we're not going to go into detail. I have a shoe buying guide on my website where I just guide everyone there because I don't have time to go into the details. I personally like more of an anatomic type of a shoe, but people that have doing this as like a second exercise career, they usually have some tightness in the calf, which is called Aquinas. So Aquinas tightness in the calf is the root of all evil. Okay. Okay. And most people are very tight. Not that they start out tight. They may have already been tight, but tightness in the back of the calf increases forefoot load, increases forefoot stresses that can lead to blisters, can lead to fractures in my diabetics. They lead to the ulcers and they lead to a lot of other issues such as Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, and things like that. So the main thing, if you want the low hanging fruit, it's first to to foam roll 10 minutes, twice a day, get a good foam roller. There's a lot of good videos out there, how to foam roll, just have that be your daily routine. I like foam rolling actually more than stretching because a lot of people stretch incorrectly. So getting just a a nice foam roller roll, if you're going to roll a lot, you're going to roll the quads, IT, then your hamstrings, then your your gastroc soleus or your calf region. You can also do some of these, I don't do much of the balls, but you can get like a lacrosse ball Mm -hmm. works really well for certain trigger points. It's a cheap way of doing it. I don't do much on the bottom of the foot. You can do like a golf ball, but I find that that doesn't work all that well. But shoe gear is number one. And most people are in about a size too small. So the real easy way is something I learned from my my friend, Ray. He's the one that started Correct Toes and I interviewed him. And he actually recommends the shoe liner test. So you take the shoe liner out of the shoe, you stand on the shoe liner, and that will tell you if the shoe is the right size. You should have about a finger breadth in front of your big toe, and your whole foot should fit inside of that. Most people can't do that. Wow. And so most people's shoes are too small. So you need to get more of an anatomic shoes. And what does anatomic mean? It tends to be some newer brands that are called like Ultras, Mm -hmm. Topos, Lems, Vivo Barefoot, more of an anatomic. They tend to also be a zero drop. And what that means, it's the height of the heel. Now, if you've always had a heeled shoe, like a Brooks, New Balance, Asics, going to a zero drop is going to exacerbate or make worse that tightness in your calf. Okay. So you have to, all the more you have to foam roll. And so I, the thing I talk about all day is getting the proper shoe, that shoe liner test. So it's real easy. Take the Mm -hmm. liner out of your shoe. If you don't have a liner that comes out like in a cleat, you can trace the shoe on a piece of paper and then stand on top of it to make sure it's the right size. The number one thing is most people are in shoes that are too small. 
Okay. And then the second thing is most people have a lot of these tightness and the tightness is the root of everything else. So you can go see physical therapy, massage therapy, things like that. That can lead to a lot of other things. What about the the curve? So my big thing too, kind of seeing shoes and I, I get it. I actually get the aerodynamics of it. And you think of even women's heels. Is there shoes that are too pointy in the front? That's and hence hence the reason anatomic. So anatomic would look like this in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pointy looks something like this. Now, if you've been wearing those your whole life, that's fine. But most of them contour and they kind of push your toes in an yeah. improper method. So another thing that we sometimes use for people are these correct toes, which are toe spacers. Don't buy the cheap ones if you're going to buy them. You have to get a good pair, like good sil- mm-hmm. silicone grade correct toe spacers that can go between your toes. I always recommend first two weeks just get used to wearing them around the house. Then after that, getting an anatomic shoe that they'll fit in, oh. and then start wearing them in the shoes. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think what I found, even in our in nutrition, runners are such creatures of habit. So just because something works, it might not be the right thing, but because something works and they're getting by with it, I've noticed, and tell me if, if, if you've noticed this and just in patient stubbornness, what we've noticed in nutrition, if a runner, I don't care if it's chugging a beer before a race, if that works, they stick to it. Like, I don't know if it's superstition, but I've seen so and met so many runners that have their quirks and their superstitions. And even if you do prove to them, this is healthier, whether it's what they wear, whether it's like what, what they should do before a run, they are creatures of habit. And it's, it's just very tough to tell them to change. Do you see runners kind of give you a hard time in changing as well? Yeah. Runners and then engineers are the two worst uh, patients that we deal with because they can't miss a run. They're trying to do a run streak, something else like yes. that. And so because of that, we have to keep them running. So everything we do is to keep people running and not have them take right. time off. In terms of shoes, another thing, just be aware, the shoes change over time. So you might be a size 10 in one brand and not a 10 in another brand. And so oh, just because sure. you've been wearing the same size, that's why the shoe liner test is so elegant. It doesn't matter what brand you buy, just take it out step on it in that. So people, that's one thing they come in, these women, especially, I'm sorry to say to the human human listeners, but I've been a size eight my whole life in every shoe I wear. So I have to be a size eight. I can't go to eight and a half or a nine. Well, every child you have, your foot's going to go up a half size. And so as you get older as well, things are going to flatten out. And so you're going to, you're going to go up in a size. So just, that's the first thing, the easy low hanging fruit to look at are those things. Well, yeah, no, I'm with you there. It's funny. I always, and I have to, I don't know why I had this mentality in my mind. I've always had this mentality in my mind of smaller feet means faster because you're not having these big, I just, this is me personally. You just, you don't have these big clown feet that are like slowing you down. So I've always never wanted to my shoes. And I agree with you. I'm learning that now you need those space. You need that cushioning. But in my mind, I was always like, well, no, the smaller my feet are, the less like floppiness. And, you know, you think of like, um, what are the things, the swimmers? Bozo shoes, like, yeah. Bozo shoes are like, yeah. So I'm like, I've always had this in my mind of, no, like go as small. And I've always, like you just said, it's funny, maybe it's a, a woman thing or I was a victim of this myself. I was like, no, I'm an eight and a half. That's, I am an eight and a half. I never wanted to hit that nine. But now as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, no, maybe in certain shoes, we need to look at nines because I need that room in there so my feet can be free. Right, Mm -hmm, for sure. mm -hmm. Compression socks, uh, you talk about the calves. They're a really big thing that's growing in the industry. Do you see a lot of people now also switching over to higher compression socks as well? 
everyone. So my initial treatment for a lot of the things that there might be some soft tissue swelling, that could be Achilles, tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, any other thing. We have a, it's called a plantar fascial sleeve. So basically it doesn't have the toes and it mm-hmm. goes right up to the ankle. I've seen so those it's a smaller fascial sleeve that I work for more injuries, but for people that you want soft tissue recovery, right? The same reason you would do uh, such as one of your nutritional thing, you know, you want that for recovery to help recovery for the blood flow. You're pushing the blood flow back in and you're, right. you're, uh, there's not going to be as much of that buildup outside. So compression, like a 15 to 20 millimeters of mercury of a compression. Don't get the ugly woman, old, you know, old woman ones. There's some nice looking ones now. Yeah. Most of the people that really kind of competitive, they put on these all the time. Yeah. Awesome. That's no, this is all great stuff. And then, I mean, running every day, like you just said, I know I had a, a guest on yesterday. We were talking for me running every day. If we can, we, we can not talk about feet for one second for me, running every day is my meditation. It's, we were just talking, uh, as we're recording this podcast, I'll let some of our viewers know my daughter, like last night, she just broke her nose and in, in a freak accident at practice for basketball today's mornings run today's run for me you know, as a parent, you're stressed, it, you go through things, right? My running is just my moment of Zen, just to kind of take aggression out to, we all go through ups and downs in our lives. So I know that my body probably, and, and nobody should, I'm not recommending this for anyone else, but I need to run seven days a week just for my mental clarity personally, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether that's right, wrong, or good for the body or not, it's my decision for myself. You had mentioned about people and want runners wanting those streaks and wanting to run every day. And we can talk a little bit about that, but obviously that's, you know, your feet just like tires, right? Like you're putting miles on them. They need to be handled with care a little bit, right? So I guess where I'm getting with that is getting into recovery, right? Like outside of socks, what are some other recovery things we can do so we can continue to get the most out of our legs and feet? Yeah. If you don't uh, mind, I'm a big habit guy. So there's a couple mm-hmm. of good books, Atomic Habits and then Tiny Habits. Mm-hmm. And so one way to get that feel that you're running every day, even if you're recovering or injured, is you still do it, but you do like a one or two minute run just so you, you can go. get that feeling and say, I did it. Okay. And, and even though you can't do the longer ones, because what I'm talking about injury would be stress fracture, plantar fasciitis, certain things that you just really can't ambulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in terms of recovery, I think doing foam rolling is key and making sure you're swapping out your shoes. So once your shoe gets that 500 mile mark or 600 mile mark, whatever you oh, decide, sure. recovery sandals. So UFOs are my favorite recovery mm-hmm. go-to sandals right now. So recovery sandals, even, you know, you want to get into some of my hacks. I do two cold showers a day. So cold showers uh, actually helps soft tissue recovery as well. well let me, let me uh, ask you this. Could you cheat here? And I know this sounds crazy, but can I cheat a little bit in this regards? Could I just immerse my feet in like a cold ice bucket? You can. Yeah, that's great. That's going to help with soft tissue recovery, right? Okay. It's actually better than doing a cold shower because I can only do a cold shower three or four minutes, right? Right. And uh, But I, I certainly, I think cold exposure, I think is great. Uh, compression, which you talked about is great. Nutrition is great. All these things are going to help reduce your inflammation and help with the recovery. I think, you know, people talk about, you know, dip the toe. I think I can definitely, one thing I know I can tell you, I can promise you I could do personally. I know I can put both my feet in a cold ice bucket for like five, 10 minutes easy. Yeah. And even better, maybe you've never heard of this. Have you heard of contrast baths? No. So if you think about your computer, uh, sometimes you need to reboot it. Like I I just Mm -hmm. had to do with my Zoom when it has a new, you know, update. update. So the same thing with your body. So you do five minutes in the ice bath, 
five minutes in, in hot bath, not to burn yourself, and then five minutes in the ice bath. So what it does, the ice vasoconstricts, the hot vasodilates, mm-hmm. and the ice vasoconstricts again. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's kind of a recovery. So everything that we do now is based on blood flow. Okay. So for there's, the foot, we focus so much gyms. on flow. There's gyms that have the hot and cold tubs next yep. to each other. So that's definitely something that I'm sure some people are doing. Okay, that's awesome. No, this is great. Now, I mean, we can talk a little bit. Let's, we'd be amiss. I want. I know your time is very valuable, so I do want nails, nails falling off. So nails are not necessary, right? They're more just a protective thing, right? Well, if you read Born to Run, that's what they'd say, right? right, he, was, right, right. he had all of his nails removed and that's called a matrixectomy. And we do that. We do that for patients very rarely though. So nails, there's a couple of things that can happen with nails. I'll start with the mm-hmm. easiest thing. You can get an ingrown toenail. If you have an ingrown toenail, you try to trim it out. If it doesn't work, don't wait for like six months. Get have, Go see someone. Go see someone. Okay? Not a pedicure person, go see a podiatrist. Ingrown toenails. Second thing that can happen, nails can be lifted or elevated or called onycholytic. So Mm -hmm. usually from hitting the front of your shoe, if your nail is a little bit too long, it's going to detach, kind of like the detachment of linoleum at your house where it lifts up a little bit and then it keeps lifting. A lot of people think that's a fungus. Usually isn't. We take a little sample and it's usually fine. Just be careful of the length of your nail and how big your shoe is. Because if it hits in the front, it's going to kind of, it's going to kind of boop. It's going to kind of go like this where it lifts up and detaches. That's something else. You can also get thickness of the nail. Now that could be just thickness from rubbing. So the same way you get calluses on the bottom of your foot when you run, if you have a nail that's hitting the shoe, it's going to get thick in the nail, not because of fungus, but it's reaction because the nail is the same thing as your skin. It's a reaction to the nail. It's going to get thickened. That eventually could develop into a fungus, in which case you would treat that fungus. Um, Real quick about fungus, that just real quick, while this question is fresh on my mind, when you talk about that, my wife was telling me this, because most people and Americans in this country, I think because we're kind of sock, we're sock and shoe people, right? Like it's, it's a lot of us are socks and shoes, you know, other third world countries, you know, they walk around barefoot all the time and their feet are more in the open. But because of the way our culture is, right, that it, again, um, my daughters, our kids, it's sneakers and high-end socks and 90% of your day while you're awake or while you're outside of your house, your feet are in socks and then your socks and then you're in a sneaker, right? Or, or in a shoe. Yep. So fungi, right? Like I think your armpits and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, but your armpits because of your, you know, your arms constantly closing here and then Mm -hmm. your feet constantly being covered. Like these are two areas that part of, we put deodorant on our armpits. We don't really sometimes deodorize our feet, but that's an area because of what we're doing with socks and shoes that it's sweating and it's, there's, Obviously, it's not the cleanest area of our body because of the way we cover it most of the day of our work days, right? Yeah. So I, I have um, a couple of trees in my backyard and where the sun doesn't hit them, they grow all this mold on them. It's the same thing in your shoe. So your your shoe is a warm, moist environment, mm-hmm. okay? Warm, moist, and dark. Yeah. That's the perfect breeding ground for either bacteria or fungus. And it's very, very common. So But really, I think there has to be an instigating incident, and usually it's some type of repetitive trauma. So you have to injure the nail, and then it's going to kind of get it. It's going to start on one toe, and then it's going to move to the other toes. Very, very common in runners. Most of them have some funky-looking toenails. And, uh, you know, I always say when I, when I get an old woman that comes in, she says, hey, doctor, have you ever seen such ugly toenails or ugly feet? And I look at her in the eye, and I say, you know, you can't be beautiful everywhere. That's what I tell 
That's awesome. No, that's good. I also, you know, you talk a little bit about some calluses and some growths. I had something, this is a long, long time ago, but it was like, it almost was as if like this kind of like rock thing, like grew. And one of my only experiences with a podiatrist, I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was like this thing, like it started off a little itchy and then it became very hard. And I never forget it was inside. It then became to the point where they not like surgically, but like they cut it out, removed it and put like a stitch there. Like there's also weird sometimes growths and things that happen with people's feet. Uh, Can you explain that? Why that happens? Yeah, there's a, so just finishing with nails. The other thing we didn't talk about is blood Mm -hmm. underneath the nail. Oh, okay. If you get blood underneath the nail, usually not a big deal. No one ever really drills nails anymore to drain that. Usually if it's involved 50% or more of the nail, you just take the nail off. It's a 50% or less, you leave it on. Well, and back to that, at what point, because you see the nail sometimes is just hanging for, in some of the Instagram posts I've seen, it's hanging for dear life. Do you at that point just say, take it off? We just pull it off. Yeah. You might not even need anesthesia. If you come see us, we'll numb it up. But if it's just, you can just trim it all the way back or just remove it. Very, very common for runners to get that. Not abnormal. Micro back funky. That's the only problem. In terms of skin, skin can manifest in a lot of things. The most common things with runners are calluses Mm -hmm. uh, and something called a porokeratoma. A porokeratoma is basically a clogged sweat gland on the bottom of the foot. So it's a, it's a focal areas of pressure where you kind of surgically cut that area out. And it's usually caused by a high pressure area. So there's certain areas where there's calluses. It's because there's a high pressure area. If you think about it, like when you were a kid, you were using a magnifying glass to kill the ants. It focused down that light. It's the same thing. If you have a high pressure area, it's going to focus it all into one point. And that usually creates a really big callus just in one area. And that can be painful. So something real easy just to trim it down. You you remove it. You put a little acid in there, salicylic acid, and it resolves it. So some of those things are hard to do on your own. But uh, if you see a podiatrist, it's real easy to to take care of. Uh, And and sometimes an orthotic can be used for that afterwards. And I've seen a lot of too, just in podiatry, and I think women do this also for more cosmetic reasons, but the heel, the bone outside of your big toe there's that removal sometimes the bunion, of yeah. the uh, protruding bone, right? Like, is that podiatry where you guys also remove that? Yeah, a lot of people, once again, first we try changing shoes, but there's a lot of foot deformities that can happen. Now, it might, it probably isn't from running or shoes, okay? It's usually genetic. So if your mm-hmm. parents have a, a curved toe called a hammer toe or that big bump on the side called a bunion or a bump on the outside called a bunionette or you know any number of things, um, shoes can contribute to it. That's why I think correct toes or something else can be helpful if you're trying to prevent those and good shoes. But yes, we correct bunions, hammer toes, all these other yeah. things. And uh, But for runners, not as much because they've learned what shoes work. Yeah. And uh, they're just, they don't want to do those things because they want to keep running because their concern is if I have surgery, will I be able to run afterwards? Let me bring it back to you personally. You're such a, again, and for those that don't know, and I'm hoping that Dr. Pelto and I can work more closely together and we can more so introduce you in different ways to the 6am run community and our communities, I think have a lot in common, but let me get to you personally before we kind of end. And, and some of the things that one, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you got into this. And I say this in a respectful way. Please don't like, at what point did you, Dr. Pelto say, I want to be in podiatry? I, I, I mean, it's, you know, it, let's be honest. I mean, it's not, I know there's a foot fetishes out there. Don't get me wrong. I know, but like me, I'm, I'm the opposite, like feet, like in the summertime when more people are out in flip-flops, I'm not a flip-flop guy. Like just so people, if anyone out there is wondering about me, you'll never really see me in flip-flops probably because I've always had my own insecurities about my own feet growing up in sports. So I'm like the opposite, but 
tell us about yourself. Tell us where your journey led you to this. And if you don't mind us, kind of like we're schooling, your background, your upbringing. Can we spend like five minutes? And, and also before we're done, talk about you personally, Dr. Pelta. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't get an opportunity to talk about this much, but we all have kind of a, a background story. Yeah. And uh, my story, I'm from Minnesota originally. <laughs> I was uh, the only child. And so I had some kind of interesting hobbies. One of my hobbies, I was a magician. And so I think that's where I like doing these video things now. And I was also a juggler. So I like to entertain in, in these things. It was just fun for me. Right. When I was 17, I was an exchange student to Brazil and with the Rotary Club. And so I, I finished high school, went to Brazil for a year. And when I was there, I lived with middle to upper class. And basically in Brazil, they tell their kids, you can either be a dentist, a doctor, or a lawyer. And I assimilated that because I had no doctors in the family. And very you know, I had insecurities about what I could do because I didn't see one in the family. If you don't have those as an example, like if there's no runners in your family, you're probably not going to run unless something right. changes. And I got influenced by that. I moved back from Brazil and I was in Minnesota. I started college and moved to Chicago to finish my college out there. And then during college, I was pre-med and I was a history major. And I did history because in case I didn't get into medicine, they said, pick a major that you would like to do. And I liked to write and I liked history. So I did history and pre-med. And then I started to shadow some doctors. I think, so anyone, even if you're a student or you're thinking about what you want to do, I think shadowing someone is the key. Whatever mm -hmm. profession you want to do, shadow them. And so I shadowed this doctor, Dr. Hoover. He was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I was visiting him for, for two or three days, visiting some friends. I said, hey, can I go shadow you? And he had just a phenomenal office. He had about six treatment rooms. He was popping in and out of the office. He saw kids, little kids. He saw a lot of old people. He did surgery, very dynamic. And he just influenced me. I'm like, wow, I want this. He had his own practice. He was entrepreneurial. And most importantly, I shadowed him. And then I shadowed a lot of other doctors, other like primary care, other specialties. And what I found the podiatrists were the happiest. Wow. The podiatrists were the happiest. We have a happy gig. Okay. So we do a little bit of surgery, you know, once or twice a week, um, once or twice a month for me. We do a lot of in office procedures. I was going to say, a lot of it's local, like direct, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We just do it in the office, little procedures, taking off nails, little shaving down, little bumps and things like that. Others we do at the hospital. So we have that. We have the surgical training. We do a lot of dermatology. We do, Unfortunately, diabetic amputations, we do some stuff like that. So we do a little bit of everything. And when I saw the how happy they were, I was like, you know, I want to do this. And that's why I got into podiatry. And it's been true ever since. I've just, I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy teaching. That's my main thing. That's where I put a lot of my time in. And I say I like to teach, but really, I, I think I like to be efficient because mm -hmm. I find the more stuff I can give you before you come in and reinforces what you're going to learn because we never learn things the first time. So I'm, I'm explaining about your plantar fasciitis for the bazillionth time that I've explained it, but it's for you, it's the first time. And I only have 15, 20 minutes, so I can teach it to you. And then I give you resources on my website. So really my website is a, is a continuation of my practice. And you, and some, some are motivated to learn, others aren't. But if you want to, it's all there. And I, I don't hold anything back. Some people criticize me because they say, I teach people how to do ingrown toenail surgery. I teach people how to take off their own toenail. I teach them how to do their own plantar fasciitis. People say, well, you're going to give everything away. But I don't think it's true. I think, you know, if you look at bands, they give away the best songs, you know, and people st still come back. And so I, I try yeah. to teach everything I can because when they can't get better, then they'll come and see me. So that's the yeah. way I, I'm, I'm a big giver. Well, in, in your field, like I said, I, and just in my one experience in going to a podiatrist for my, like I said, for my one foot to remove, a, a like I said, an ingrown kind of callus kind of thing, it was, I never forget the doctor. 
I wish I was so young at the time. I think I was right out of high school. I was in college, but it was crazy because it was like, you show up, he's like, this needs to be taken out. In my mind, I remember being like, okay, when are we going to schedule this? And I never forget, he was like, schedule this. He's like, we're going to do it right now. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to remove it. And you need one stitch. He was like, after the, after I, I cut you open to take it out, he's like, you're going to need one stitch. He's like, and he, he's like, it's going to be disposable. You won't even need to come. So to your point, I also got to assume majority, knock on wood, I'm sure there's, like you said, I'm sure there's other cases that get in a little more complexities as anything in, in a medical profession does. But do you also see like people come to you, state an issue and right then and there, And this is, I think doctors are more so in the customer service business than anything else. So it's more so saying, look, I'm going to fix this. And when you make a customer happy, you know, I know, I know this in the 6am run space. When a person says to me, Hey, your nutritional product changed my life. That never gets old. So I also got to assume that, like you said about your happiness, a person walks in, they have an aggravating, nagging, painful thing. And at that very moment, you can say, boom, boom, boom is going to be the solution. And yeah, we're going to do it right now. That's got to really make them happy. And in return, it makes you happy, right? Yeah, because what's the traditional way, right? The traditional way is you have an ingrown toenail, you go to your primary care or you go to the urgent care. They don't do anything. They put you on an antibiotic. Then they send you to us anyway. Right. And so we can take care of a lot of these little procedures right now and and make people better instantly, instantly. By the way, that's the most annoying thing about and in general, I'll just say my opinion is the most annoying thing. Last night, I'll, I'll just say, because it's so fresh in my mind, taking my daughter to the ER. They don't and do it. The ER doing the, the CAT scan, but then saying, okay, you still got to go home tonight because you know you need to go see an ENT tomorrow morning. So it was like, you know what I mean for my daughter? So it's like, it's always go to the right person. So yeah, so yeah. when they find you, I'm sure that's, yeah, that's to get the action and the closure at that moment is probably very heartwarming for them. Well, in the key, Hami, I think is when you see someone, if you're wanting to kind of vet out a doctor, you just ask them, so so how many of these have you done? You know, right. how, how many of these types of patients, how many runners do you see? You know, uh, just so you can feel, not that you have to be a runner to treat runners, but you have to, you know, the more you do oh, something, sure. the better you're good at it. So. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about that. No, this is really cool stuff. Like I said, I mean, I, um, I love the time. I don't know if we're pressed for time, so I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But yeah, like I can do it I again. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about another topic. You you see what the people resonates with your yeah. with your community, and we'll. I'd love to answer like a Q and A. They send you some questions after this one. Hey, ask them about this. Ask them about this. Ask, and then we'll do a couple yeah. more sessions. Just diving deep into those questions. No, and this also. Was- I'm on my website, drpelta.com. There's a place to ask questions down there and you can just write a question and, in and I'll, and, and I'll record a video on it. For and you. let's, let's make sure, cause you said you had other tools there. So guys, and we will, anyone listening to this while they're running, anyone that's paying attention to this in the bio, no matter what platform you're using to listen to this, this will be on all platforms, but in the bio, the beauty of all the platforms is in the bios, there will be clickable links. So Dr. Pelto, we'll put all those links that you want us to put in. Um, you and I will kind of, uh, we'll write out the bio together and then we'll put it in there. So no, thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Dr. Pelto, thank you for giving me the opportunity to record and, and have this published to our crew, our community. So thank you so much. You're welcome. It was, it was great. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Pelto.